0: Welcome to the Better Call
1: Daddy Show. This is Big Daddy. Oh my God, that's hysterical. More stories you are not going to believe.
2: And advice that you didn't know that you needed.
1: Five stars. Five and a
2: half stars.
1: We're creating a legacy one call at a time. Here comes my
2: daddy. Your problem is, is that you like me.
1: Uh Papa. My dad is my hero.
2: Always be there to take your call, and you'll never be in too much trouble if your dad is around.
1: Oh, boy.
2: I think I'm a pretty cool dude.
1: Better call daddy. The safe space for controversy. This is your host, Rena Friedman Watts.
0: No, this is your host, Celia Watts. More inspirational stories,
1: more daddy drama, and more laughs.
2: Hey, a lot of these things, I don't know where you're getting them from. It sounds like they're coming from when I look in the mirrors. Damn the public. Damn the public. (laughs) In order to have a successful
1: business, you need to find your niche and have passion for it. Today, we're talking to Emily and Tori of Braid Babes who are taking their passion nationally. Emily and Tori, welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show. Hey, hey, how are you guys doing? Good. Nice background. I love that. (laughs) thank you crazy Um, we're so
0: excited though we listened to a couple episodes so fun so good I don't I'm guessing you have everyone ask a question for your dad so we we came up with a question um, Ooh,
1: should we start with
3: that let's mix things up here we could I do like my question (laughs) yeah Yeah,
1: let's let's mix things up and and let's start with the daddy question that's kind of fun yeah let's go
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay it's if your dad could be the founder of any business that already exists today, which business would he have been the founder of?
1: Ooh, I love that. Have you thought yeah. about that yourself?
0: Well, I mean, mine would be braid babes. <laughs> Your dreams came true, Emily. <laughs> and I think that's I think that's why I'm asking like I just find it really interesting. Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. Well I'm glad to hear that you're living the dream. Tell me about the dream. The dream of
0: braid babes. It's a dream full of rainbows and sunshine and a lot of nightmares but like the rainbows and sunshines like make it all worth it so yeah it's (laughs) it's really fun (laughs)
1: You know, so we all connected through Greg Williams and Brian Marin, and I listened to your episode on the Left of Greg podcast, which was very interesting, actually. And their podcast is all about situational awareness and and safety, and you guys go into people's homes and braid people's hair, and I never even thought about the safety implications of that.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean you know, like even Uber has its things, right? I mean, Uber has like a certain percent of every ride has the chance of it like a rate. And so us, we're in this person's home. And so it's something that like knock on all the wood around you, like has not happened, but it is that one thing where, all the investors or just people in public will say, you know, what's the one thing that keeps you up at night? And like, that's absolutely my answer. Like we are hiring a lot of women. We haven't hired any men yet, although we really want to, but we're hiring a lot of women and they're beautiful and amazing women and we're sending them into people's homes. And so we want to equip them to be as safe as possible and feel prepared in whatever situation comes up. And so that's a really
1: big focus for us. Can you talk about Things that you've run into in people's homes that have been unexpected. I know in the episode, you did mention that sometimes your braiders have been left with children and they didn't realize that they were going to be a babysitter alongside (laughs) doing the braiding yeah go ahead Tori.
3: yeah we've had a lot of different situations that have been kind of like off that we're trying to teach our braiders how to handle basically so one is like we like to set up in a kitchen or a living room area bright a lot of light so that we can see what we're doing we've before been asked to go into basements which obviously like can be alarming because you don't know what's down there, who's down there, what's going on, you can't really see an exit. Like that is one thing of like, we like to basically be in a main area of the home that's very close to doors, windows, able to like leave if things aren't going well. But on the other hand, yeah, you get stuck sometimes with a bunch of kids that you didn't realize you were kind of babysitting. We do have a rule of no brushing. We won't brush the hair. We're there to braid, we're there to do the shimmers. And so we ask for the hair to be brushed ahead of time. so that that can like pose an issue if there's no parent around, because it's not something we do. We typically go to the parent and say, Hey, you know, if you could just brush out her hair a little bit before we get to braiding, that would be awesome. So that is something that we implement to have a parent around so that, you know, in those different instances, they're there. We have parents sign off. A waiver at the end that we can take photos of their kids since we are such an Instagram business. So, really, we do need parents around for like a lot of aspects of the appointment.
0: Yeah, to tell a couple specific stories <laughs> like one time, our braider. This is in the really early days. She went and did a feed-in braid, which is where we add the colored hair into the braids. And she does this little girl's braid. She's probably like six. And then the mom had left. And so she sees herself out. Then the mom gets home later. I actually think there was like a grandma somewhere in the house or something, but the child's unsupervised. The mom comes home later and the braids are so funky. Like We had no choice but to refund her. But in reality, we found out that the child took her braids out and then like tried to rebraid them and and so it's stuff like that and you know it it happens very easily right the mom's like oh I gotta run to the grocery store and then we're like wait no like don't leave me so we yeah we have a lot of rules around that but you know it's really cool because we're in their house so like yeah there's the dark side to it we want to protect ourselves but there's a lot of like it's actually what's really special about the job and why a lot of braiders love it I loved it Tori loved it Tori and I both braided for years in our clients homes and for one you're immediately engulfed in their life you're seeing like their boyfriend or husband, their kids, their animals, their environment, their friends. You're seeing and hearing all of the things and also seeing their beautiful home. You know, you get to see all these different people live. You get to explore literally inside the homes of these new neighborhoods in the area. And so that's really fun too. And like crazy stuff happens because of that. Like for example, one braider showed up and there was a little monkey. And the woman's like, whatever you do, don't touch the monkey, it's a mean monkey. But of course, as soon as the client walked out of the room, the braider was like, oh, cute monkey, and like pointed at it, and it bit her. And so so we have some like really, we do have some really funny stories like that. Yeah.
1: Who has a monkey?
0: Some people, yeah. And yeah, it, it bit her. <laughs>
3: there was like a very small monkey, very cute, very very cute monkey.
1: <laughs> I don't think I've ever known anybody to actually have a monkey. That's crazy. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, how do you even prepare for that? yeah is that workers call but
0: yeah right yeah I know that's one thing we've had to learn a lot is like this is Tori and my first time owning a business and so everything is like a should we let's build an incident report I guess and then we do that (laughs) we're like what do we do
1: (laughs) yeah so what did you do
0: that yep, scenario, she wasn't hurt, so I don't think we did anything. We did a yeah, scenario was the,
3: like I touched the monkey. It's my fault. I'm okay. Like it wasn't like a big bite. Like obviously it hurt a little, but like she was okay in the end. And she was like, "It's my fault." She told me not to touch the monkey. Yeah, I did it anyways. She was she very much took responsibility for the incident.
1: But seriously, yeah. what a funny blog post! Like I touched the monkey. Like, <laughs>
3: <right>. <laughs> yeah, and that's the title of this episode.
0: <laughs> I, know, <laughs> Brave, right? babe, I touched the monkey. <laughs> But we have had a, also a scenario where like a braider did get bit by a dog that happened just this year. That was the first time that's happened. So that was a scenario where we were like, okay, incident report. Let's get that process built. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the scary, but she was okay. Every Everyone was fine.
1: Yeah. Um, and how do you go from like, I want to create this business. I you know, I want to be a founder to all of these things to consider. I know that you have to kind of start with the idea and then add things as you go because like you would never would have uh, imagined a dog attack or a monkey attack. Yeah, from the spark of the idea into what you're doing now, kind of what has evolved?
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I never was like, oh, I'm going to start a braid business like that never popped into my head. It more was I got good at braiding and then people started asking me to braid their hair. And, and so I just started saying yes. And I had no idea what I was building at the time. I kind of thought I was going to be like an influencer because that's how I learned to braid was actually from influencers online that were teaching how to braid. And so I kind of thought maybe I'd go that route or maybe... But I will say the second I realized I was building a braid business kind of accidentally, I knew that I was going to take it national. Like I'm not going to like leave my full-time job. I had a nine to five tech job and I was doing quite well and I did enjoy it too. And I'm not going to leave that and then like just do braid appointments. Like whatever I do, I'm going to like take it national. And so that's kind of how that happened. But I will say when it comes to processes, we are very like, we're a startup. We don't have a lot of processes. We build them as they come. So like a lot of times braiders do get upset. They're like, oh my gosh, this happened. And you guys had no process. And like, that was so messy. And we're kind of like, yeah, we know. But like now that it happened, we're going to build the process. And now we have a process. So that has been a little messy from day one. Tori and I hear it. I mean, all the time, Tori and I hear the, there was no process. That was really messy. And we're like, well, there's one now for the next person when it happens again. Yeah. We kind of just take it day by day.
3: On the cool side of things, like if you're if you're working like higher up that you can like get the opportunity to make those processes, that is kind of cool of like And what other job do you really get to like make so many processes and changes for like your people? So that is one of the very cool things is with so many cities, different things happen in different cities. That person kind of takes the lead on how to move forward with the process. So it is really cool if you're kind of internally, you're able to make those changes to the company. So that is really cool.
1: Okay. So speaking of adding processes, another thing that you and I or that we all had talked about was you know, the stereotype of can white girls braid? Are you branching out DEI wise or, you know, learning new hairstyles or different kinds of hair?
0: Yeah, that is such a great question. And I think Tori and I will say it's an area that we're still excited to continue talking about and continue building, you know, what our business is and how we play in the DI world and how we play together. And so what I'll say is during the, the peak of the Black Lives Matter movement, we had a lot of conversations and they were really productive, really great conversations. And, you know, there was kind of two ways of thinking for our business for braiding. So for those that don't know, our braids, we kind of call them event braids. We kind of just made that up it's like it's a braid that's going to last you two to four days where cornrows and box braids they could last you six weeks like you're you're really getting a service done the service takes hours like it could take you know four to six hours sometimes even 10 really if you're doing like micro box braids it really is an entire different business entire different process all the way down to booking like you need to know how long their hair is what color hair they want what color how long they want their braids to be and those answers will determine how long the appointment is and what kind of appointment it is where for us it's Like, you book a braid, we show up, we braid your hair, it's going to take less than an hour. So it is very, very different. And so what we landed on, you know, one line of thought was like, you need to be inclusive and you need to do all of these services. The other way of thinking was stay, you know, with your event braids and then find the really talented braiders that do cornrows and box braids and refer out. And so I don't like to look at it as white and black. It's more just two different types of braiding. There are white braiders that do cornrows and box braids. There's black braiders that do white braids. We have them on our team of more event braids. Sorry, called it white braids I meant event braids because we do we have clients of all ethnicities and we try to showcase that on our social media I don't think we're doing very good at it right now we're really behind on our Instagram but we do try to showcase that you know we have different ethnic braiders and different ethnicity within our clients as well and so what we do is each time we launch a city we'll choose two to three cornrow box braid specialists in that community and we refer out to them
3: The other thing it kind of considers, we can do our braid styles on any texture of hair. Like Emily said, it just doesn't last as long. So sometimes it's not what someone's looking for. If they're looking for a productive style that's going to last them a month, we're maybe not what they're looking for. But alternatively, I like to suggest we have something called Braid Bay. We come to you, we'll do a braid. You get a certain amount of credits a month. There's one that's four credits a month. If you book that one, you get a different braid every week. So instead of getting something like box braids that lasts you the whole month, it's a similar price range. You could get four different braids that you're taking out at the end of the week, washing your hair starting fresh again. So it is just really a different way of looking at how you want to style your hair.
1: What are some things that people have wanted you to do that you're like, yeah, that isn't on the menu?
0: Oh gosh, I'm having so many weird ones. We got a prank call one time if I can speak yeah. openly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this is a good one. Well,
0: I, I say it's a prank call. That's what I decided, right? I decided it was a prank call. We're going to go with that. It so someone, a real call. <laughs> someone called in an all seriousness, asked if we could braid their ball hair. And I'm, I'm sorry, is that inappropriate? But they, they asked that. And our client service kept it professional, which was so funny to like the entire team, the entire team's like, cool. And what did you say? And they were like, oh, we said we would like talk to the braiders and see who's available. And I'm like, do I really need to write down a process that says do not braid ball hair? And then I was like, yeah. And we don't braid horses. We don't braid dogs. And our client service was like, why wouldn't we braid a horse? I'm like, I'm pretty sure our insurance wouldn't cover it. Like, we, that's not what we do. We braid humans.
1: Or you so, could say like, I don't braid hair under six inches or.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually exactly our rule six inches. Exactly. So they could have said that as well. Cause I don't think anyone's bald hair is that long, but yeah, we get some interesting requests, you know, on that note, similarly related and also very funny. Every man, especially bald men always ask for a braid. Like I can't, yeah. I can't hear the joke again. I I might throw up at the next bald man that says, can you braid me next? Like, it's funny the first like two times, but we're probably at time, like a couple thousand. And it's like every guy, it's like, someone will be like, oh, that's Emily. She's the founder of Braid Babes. And then her boyfriend goes, can you braid me? And he's got like a centimeter of hair. It's funny. So we make a lot of jokes about it. Cause every single person in the company gets it like so many times, like, and we're all just like, ha ha ha. <laughs> it's yeah it's we hear it so much it's it's funny
1: I feel like that could be like good social media content though like you could literally just make an entire reel of all of those asks
0: yeah we could we have made a couple tiktoks on the bald one a couple on that yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) who were you both as little girls like did you like to braid did you were you social kids are you seeing any common thread in what you're doing now
0: yeah, I think Tori's story is really fun with that. So mine is a little different. Like I said, I was in tech. So as a little girl, like I wanted to get into engineering, you know, and I mentioned a little like on the, the daddy side, I was daddy's little princess. And so I was just the overachiever. I was, I loved math and science. And I think that's what's caused me to accidentally create a business out of braiding because as soon as I had it, I was like, oh, like this could be big and I could build this and we could do that with it. and And so that's where my brain went. And so, I love braiding. I love having my hair braided. I love creating beautiful braids. But I will say what makes me wake up every single day is like the excitement to like build something and like create something that I can look back on one day and be like, that's so cool. Tori's story is a little different. She can tell that.
3: Ever since I was very little, I used to braid like my like little doll's hair. And I would braid my hair like to go to bed, just a bunch of braids that I could take out and have waves the next day. I always thought that was cool when I was younger. Then when I got like old enough of like Like being on YouTube, checking stuff out, I started watching like braid tutorials, learning different types of hair. I always did my own hair for like prom, homecoming. I didn't have any siblings, so I always learned on myself. So really the translation to then other people was so much easier because I've learned all of these braids on myself and I'm twisting in these weird ways to get them on my head that doing them on someone else was just that much easier. I then went to to college, you know, I I got my cosmetology license when I was in high school after that because I loved braiding so much. Then I went on to college, went to do art and design with a concentration in photography love that and as I was finishing up Braid Babes was hiring they wanted someone that already knew how to braid we didn't have any of our course curriculum or anything like that put together yet so lucky for me I had already watched so many tutorials I knew like all of the braids that they were doing pretty much there was like one or two I learned and I kind of jumped right in from there it was cool because my high school friends I used to wear a braid like all the time they called me braids so it was really cute actually
1: wow well I just feel like it's such an Unbelievable opportunity for you right out of college into something that you love doing. That seems very fortunate. In running a business, it's so hard to find people that click and kind of complement each other well and build a team. Do you have anything there that you would like to talk about? And like, how do you build this out? I mean, you guys are now in multiple cities. How do you find the right team members?
0: Yeah, you know... It's hard, you know, and, and sometimes you find the right person and then it ends up not being the right fit or they leave to go on to better things, which is, which is great. I think for us, the biggest thing is our community and our brand that we've built just attracts like personalities that tend to do really great on, on our teams. And then from there, we just really foster the relationship. So one of our core values is friendship. And so like, there's a lot we do around that. One is every city has a brighter bonding night every single month and so they'll do different things like one thing we're doing is self-defense courses and they'll do that together or they'll just go to someone's pool and like braid and shimmer each other's hair and then we have our morning stand-up so that's like our headquarters internal team every morning we say you know what we're working on but we also will say a value and I think Monday's friendship no friend friendship friendship Monday tour yeah Monday's friendship Friday's fun because fun's one of our values too is like having fun but so on Monday everyone goes around and says like how they like built a friendship with someone on the team or an example of friendship on the team and yeah so through that we've just built a lot of really strong relationships Tori and I didn't know each other before this and everyone asks everyone thinks we were best friends before this which I think is so fun like Tori said we just posted that we were hiring a break. And she was my second hire. So I had accidentally hired one person at an event. And then, and then I hired Tori purposely, but she was, you know, really with me from day one, it was about a five month gap between when I started taking appointments and accepting money for them to when Tori started. Tori's just been saying yes to everything from day one. And so she really worked her way up to, you know, now being co-founder and running the business by
3: my
1: side. Anything <laughs> you want to add to that, Tori? I see a huge smile.
3: Yeah. I mean, it was definitely, it was definitely really cool being able to, you know, start when Braid Baves was so new. And like, like I said, one of, the, for me, the coolest things about this, and like, I think the people that are best attracted to something like this are people that want to build something. They want to start something. They want to like take their idea and like add it into something rather than the people that are like, here's the manual, I read through it and I'm doing it exactly like you said. Like those type of people do tend to struggle more in our business just because like we've said so much of it is, oh, we don't have that. Let's make it. And so obviously people need to be the wanters of making things. So I I think that's like really number one of how we've gotten some really awesome talent personalities onto the team is people that are just willing to jump into things and say yes.
0: Yeah, finding those right people. And we found a couple of the ones that don't fit into that, but it's usually like in the first month, we both will braid baits will realize and they all realize that it's it's not the fit and that they'd probably do better in like corporate with like rules and structure.
1: Do you still watch content creators who braid? for inspiration?
0: I do not. I'm actually getting rusty. It's really funny because like, it's funny because people will still reach out in Buffalo or like, I'm actually in Arizona right now helping launch for Phoenix. And it's funny because people will be like, no, I want Emily. I want the founder. She's the best braider. And I'm like, I'm actually the worst braider at this point. Like these braiders, I think it's so magical though. How cool that like, I built this thing that like, I was this like I was like level four of a braider when I started. And now I have braiders that are like beyond level 10 and they're just so talented and so amazing. And they know way more than I know. Like there are seriously braids that I don't know. They've also taken my methods and improved them. And I don't know those new improved methods yet. So it's really funny. Like people, you know, I'll pop into like a training braid bar and they'll be like, oh, like, what am I doing wrong with this feed-in? And I'm like, I have no idea. I'm like, I literally don't know how to do it. And I, you know, so I tell our clients that all the time when they're like, I want Emily. I'm like, no, you literally don't. I promise.
1: (laughs) Oh, what was the question? (laughs) Talk to me about the levels of braiding. I mean, there's like a whole vernacular here.
0: I just made that up right now. (laughs) Just as an example. But you get the idea. There's there's really complicated braids. There's four-strand braids, five-strand braids, ribbon braids, 3D braids, like the 3D pull-throughs. And these braiders continue learning these cool new things. And what kind of happens is like there hasn't really been a new braid invented in a really long time but they, they do different twists on the braids. Like they'll just change one thing about it or like put a ribbon through it or put it this different way or put it on a different spot on the head and it creates a whole new different look. And so there's so much you can do with braiding and it keeps evolving and growing. And oh yeah, you had asked if I still watch videos of creators. So yeah, I don't, but we have this company chat and the braiders are in there all the time sharing links of creators with tutorials. And so that's really, really cool. I still follow a lot of the creators. And so sometimes I'll forward a link, but like I have so much going on. I, I don't even get to like watch the link half the time, but the braiders are always learning and it's, it's really cool.
1: Yeah. And now I totally want to learn how to braid. How are mm-hmm. you training people to up-level their braiding game?
0: So, yeah. So like kind of what Tori hinted towards is When Tori started, I was like, hey, Tori, can you braid? And she was like, yep. And I was like, great, go ahead. Like literally go take that appointment. So what happened is we got shut down with COVID and we were about to hire 15 new people. We had just done interviews and we were about to do an in-person training of 15 braiders. And we were only in Buffalo. We'd only been around for a year and we were ramping up for busy season, right? Because summer's busy and COVID hit March I think we got shut down the 16th and the training was supposed to be the 17th. And so my best friend, it's just weird how the world works. My best friend was a videographer and she was like, and then my other best friend, Which also, I never have friends. So like, it was really weird. I happened to have two best friends at this point. And so one was like, I'm a videographer. And the other one was like, I have gorgeous long hair. And we were like, cool, let's become like a quarantine crew. And they just took all their time and helped me build out this whole course. And so all of those people that were supposed to go through in person We spent those months in a Facebook group and I would just deliver them videos as they were ready. And so by the end of it, we had, I think, five or six people. So a lot of people dropped off. Right. And like didn't continue the training, which we still see today. But that's how we ended up with this whole boot camp course, which is two weeks and it's actually available worldwide. We'd have we've had people in Ireland and the UK and Canada have taken our braiding boot camp and learned just to learn how to braid, which is really magical. And so that's how we hire now is we hire the top talent out of boot camp and then we put them through onboarding where we teach them like how to do an appointment and how to work for braid babes.
1: But what if they're not in a city where braid babes is?
0: then they just like learn for fun yeah in the past we've considered doing like some kind of like consulting thing where people can work for braid babes in their city as a contractor and we just decided it's just not the way that we're doing the business we want to do like big city launches and have a really strong presence city by city and we plan to launch a lot of cities we plan to have 161 cities in the next five years and so we instead we're going like a really strong city model route where For example, Scottsdale and Phoenix right now, we just put a bunch of resources into there. We have a team of nine braiders and I think we have like four more that just entered onboarding for Phoenix. And so we're really just sticking to the city model.
1: Why don't you just stay happy with growing certain areas versus continually expanding to other areas? Yeah,
0: I wish I could. Cause like, it would be so much easier. (laughs) It would be such a less headache, but there's something inside of me that just wants to like, take it as far as I possibly can and that like keeps me up at night like Tori's heard me say it just from day one is like I want to take this all the way it could be national we could do this and I think it will be and I just think that's so exciting like I look at Dry Bar and it went national and I you know I look at other businesses like that like Crumble Cookies just went national within like two years and it's really intense and insane in these these stories of these founders creating these huge national businesses is what really excites me. So again, like that's what gets me out of bed is like the ability to create something so so big and and then you think about we've had some really cool stories come out of this business. So sometimes it's like a reality check of like we're building this thing that's leading to a lot of other really cool things that you just wouldn't expect cuz like we're we're just doing hair, but we're really affecting all these people. I mean, there's so many people that just want this beautiful hair and now they feel so special and like you can't really go to a salon and get a a beautiful braid and feel that special you might be able to find a stylist to do it but it would be really hard like most of them really don't don't do braids and there's some also some really cool and and some really sad stories too one little heartwarming story we just had was one of our braiders Anna she went to a birthday party and one girl just went through cancer and she was I'm I'm not great with the terminology. I think she had just found out she was cancer free, but now she's, back into she has cancer again remission i don't know she's she's now it's very sad she actually now is her cancer is active again but at this party the little girl had no hair and she was really sad that she couldn't get a braid and so our braider anna took a headband and tied one of our feed-in hair like a pink braid to it and gave her a braid babes hat and so she had like a pink braid coming down and it's stories like that we have another one with a little girl carmela carmela got shimmers in her hair and she was obsessed with them. And then she got cancer, pediatric cancer. And she started losing her hair, but she was mostly upset about losing the shimmers. And unfortunately, Carmela passed. But... Now we have this big partnership with pediatric cancer and we, you know, give to them based on every shimmer appointment gives back to them in Carmela's name. So there's like, you know, it's like, oh, you're just styling hair. You're just doing braids. But then like magically it ends up being so much more than that. So like, why not take it national and like, I don't know, build this cool thing.
3: (laughs) Along with that, the people on TikTok are biking for,
0: (laughs) (laughs) they really are.
3: They want us to be where they are. It's an interesting concept that like not a lot of people have the shimmers at all. Like there's not a lot of hair places that offer shimmers to be quite honest. Like they are time consuming. And if you're spending your day doing highlights, it doesn't make sense to throw in a shimmer appointment.
1: What is a shimmer?
3: A shimmer is these pieces in our hair that are kind of like sparkly. I don't know um, how your lighting is if your shimmers are sparkly oh. more than mine right now. But they're any of those little like shimmery, sparkly pieces they are tied to one strand of hair. They can be treated just like hair. They last anywhere from a couple weeks to a couple of months. They're a lot of fun and it's like an, a good alternative to dyeing hair especially for kids a lot of parents don't want it, their kids to dye their hair so shimmers and our Papa color braids that will add in a temporary look of color in your hair that will just come out when the braid comes out. So we like to have those like alternatives to people that maybe don't want to go to the salon and dye their hair. And
0: older women too. Surprisingly, we have this really large demographic of older women that again, they don't dye their hair because their hair went gray and their hair is like, we're done dyeing your hair. We're leaving it now. And so they can get the shimmers and and have really fun hair. And we have this client who is 75, who is a, a member for years, which was just so cool we have a lot of those stories too it's like every age as soon as you have six inches of hair this just loves braid base we put shimmers on a one-year-old one time she had the hair for it I don't know it's so crazy it's like everyone of any age well women mostly women we do a lot of men too actually we do have a lot of men clients especially at festivals they'll
1: come sit in our chair and get a braid what festivals have you guys gone to?
0: You know, no really big ones yet. We've done a couple big ones that people in New York would know. So we're from Buffalo and so not New York City, but there's this one in Buffalo called Cobblestone Live. That's like our favorite. It's like one that like means a lot to us cuz we did it our first year we were in business and we were able to do it again. This was their next year back, so that was really cool. And then we did this other one called Night Lights. They actually aren't going anymore. They're shut down. We do a lot of pride festivals. So we do all of the local pride festivals renaissance festivals but we do want to get into like bonnaroo but they didn't reply to us there's a few other ones we want to get into in the future that we're going to keep trying for
3: we've had some of our braids make it to like coachella and stuff before we weren't physically at coachella but our braids made it there so that's <laughs> yeah cool. that
0: was cool
1: what is the process of like being allowed to be like a vendor at these things
3: honestly a
0: lot of them already have braid businesses at them because it is really common to get the festival braids, to get the colored feed in braids for festivals. And so that's just a lot of what we're coming up against with the really big festivals is they already have someone that's been there braiding for years and years. And so they're not going to like take that person off of it to let braid babes in and nor would, I think we would really want them to do that. It's really relationship building. It's it's not so much like, Oh, I'm just going to apply and get in. It's like you got to know someone who knows someone to like be able to get into these big festivals But we also are kind of holding off a little bit. Like we tried for Bonnaroo, but that's actually the only one we've tried for so far because that one is really close to Nashville and that's one of our cities that we're in. Other than that, you know, we're not trying for the other festivals just yet because we want to do festivals that are close to our clients. We're kind of nervous to attract too many like national people that can't actually book us in their hometown before we're ready to get to their hometown. So we want to kind of start this more national strategy of braiding people from all across the U.S. when we're more
1: mobilized, like ready to just start churning out launching cities. Have you had a lot of requests from cities that you guys don't do?
0: Yeah, so much. So Tori was saying, like, if you go to our TikToks, all the TikToks that got a decent amount of views have tons of comments. And every comment literally is just like Austin, Texas, Los Angeles. Boston, (laughs) and it's like that's all. Yeah, that's literally all the comments say, and it's really, it's really funny. But we, we don't keep track of the comments. We have a thing on our website where you can vote for our next city, and so I started replying to all the people, being like, "Just vote on our site, and then we'll have you on the list." So we kind of track, you know, where the people want us, and we do take that into consideration. We pull that list every once in a while, and we are working on. We're launching seven cities next year, and so right now we're working on that list of, you know, which cities are there. We know a couple of them, but there's room. There's a couple question marks in there that we're still deciding.
1: Seven cities next year. What does that entail?
0: Yeah, it mostly entails investment. So we're in a current funding round right now. We need to raise all in all a little over 2 million. I think it's like 3.6 million. So we're raising 700 right now. And then early next year, we'll be raising the additional 1.9 million. And with that, we're ready. Like we have all of our processes set up. We, we've done it a few times. Now we've actually done it more than the number of cities we're in because we launched Raleigh last year and we had to shut it down due to licensing laws. But We know exactly how to launch a city and how to get it done and who to hire and how to train them. And we have all the documents and processes. So it's at this point, it's really just putting the money behind it so that we can hire the people and market the cities up front.
1: Were you afraid to take that kind of investment? I mean, that's a big responsibility.
0: It is, but that's what these investors do. And I think, like, I think I'm not afraid because I know at the end of the day that at the very least I will have done every single thing in my power to make Braid Babes as successful as it possibly can be. And so I feel like no matter what happens, I'll always be able to go to bed knowing that. And these investors that invest, they know that their money could go to zero. They know that. Like, that's that's part of it. Like, not only do they know it could, they know it will. And when they invest in you, they usually assume that you're going to go to zero dollars. They're banking on one of their investments being 10x. And then the other ones will probably fail. But what I would say is like Braid Babes is never going to fail. Like we're not going to have to shut down and because we have our clients and we have our services and what happens is like our braiders are mobile. So we have to pay them payroll when they do appointments. If they don't have any appointments, we don't have to pay payroll. We don't have to pay for a roof over the head. We don't have to pay for rent and utilities and all these things. And so we're a pretty, pretty solid business to invest in compared to like a technology company that could. You know, Google could create whatever they're doing and and just knock them out in in a week. So we're a little bit more stable than their standard investments because tech is so big right now.
1: What do your parents think of us?
0: (laughs) That's a good one. My parents are my biggest supporters and but it's been a journey. So my mom, I called her up one day and was like, Mom, I have no money. And she was like, Cool, can you like get your nine to five back? (laughs) Like basically like throw in the towel and go back to your comfy job. But Oh my gosh. She's my biggest supporter. Like she, she comes to everything. She comes to our barks and breeds. She's on all of our social media. Like you'll, every single thing you see, you'll see one comment and you open it and it's my mom. And it's like the cutest thing. Like, I love it. And then my dad, he more is like, At first he was like, oh yeah, that's cool. But then one day we were at the playground playing with my niece and nephew. And this woman was like, wait, you own Braid Babes? And she started like fangirling over me. And my dad was like, yeah, that's my daughter. And then all of a sudden now he like brags about it to people, like everyone he meets. He's like, have you heard of Braid Babes? Because in Buffalo, we are a bit of like, I think I would call this like a little bit of like a local celebrity business. So like, Buffalo just like loves us diehard Braid Babes fans all the way and so that is really cool my dad called me up one day he's like I just heard them talk about Braid Babes on on the radio it was so cool that's my parents Tori's is really interesting too my mom my mom and Tori's dad actually work together at Independent Health which is wild
3: (laughs) they do they do so my dad this is interesting because my dad was always very like pro nine to five, like really good job. You got your retirement, got all these things set, 401k. He was so, that was very much his thing. All during like high school and stuff. Like one of my jobs before Braid Babes was I did princess parties for little kids, very similar, went to their home, did that. I have always had these very unconventional jobs. And so he was very nervous about it at first, a lot like, hopefully it goes. Well, you know, like really like hoping for the best but like definitely slightly nervous about it. My mom has always more so embraced that I do these crazier jobs. So she was a lot more, all right, like a little nervous, like get a savings together, but like happy to see me go for it. My dad over time, similar to Emily's dad, like now I went to a wedding last year with him and he was like, have you heard about brave beefs?" <laughs> telling everyone all about it. He always tells me people at his work, like, oh my God, my friend's daughter just had a party. He's always like so excited about it. He was super excited for the crowdfunding that we're doing doing right now. He invested with crowdfunding. So that's the round that Emily spoke of that we have going on right now. So it is really cool. You can invest like as little as $100. A lot of our <laughs> employees have invested, we've had ex employees invest, which is really, really cool. Just that they, you know, still want to support the business so much. So that's a little bit of my story.
0: That is cool. Thanks for the little plug tour. <laughs> yeah, but I will say too, like to bring in the dad theme a little bit more. It's really fun to watch our braiders' dads shift. So my dad shifted, Tori's dad shifted. We have another braider that like from day one, her dad was like, what are you doing? Like you're literally like this small company and you're like proud to work for them. But then all of a sudden one day he was like, wait this is like legit this is so cool that you're involved in it and like it's really fun to watch that shift go in people's dads at first the dad's like no I wish you had a real job and then all of a sudden they're like wait no like you're building something and that's like so cool I mean Tori could now go on you know when she moves on from braid boots one day she could probably go get whatever job she wanted like she ran this whole company and you know everyone reports up to Tori actually I think I have one person that reports to me so Tori technically has 78 people reporting up to her
1: (laughs) did you say 78
0: yeah I think we're at 79 employees right now that's crazy it is crazy it's wild (laughs) how it's so fun
1: I mean, I I love the ideas of sharing stories with each other and sharing your values. I think that that's a really great idea. How else would you support your team to, you know, really be that servant leader?
0: Yeah, a few ways. So one is we do a lot of touch bases with our employees. And in that, we have a lot of questions that are around like, what are your goals? And we'll ask them like a few different levels of that. Like, what's a personal goal? What's a goal for Braid Babes? What's a goal for for your career for Beyond Braid Babes? And then we'll ask them like, how can we help you towards that? And we're really big on learning. So another one of our values is actually learning and continued learning. So Tuesday is actually Learn It Tuesday, where we give an example of something new that we've learned. Or that we want to start learning. And so we're really big on that. It's like, we want to make sure that anyone that comes to braid babes is going to leave with new skills and, and new knowledge that they can take beyond with them. So build, you know, building them up as a person.
1: Also, like, I totally want to know what's the easiest braid to do, like the most requested braid and what's the hardest.
0: Yeah. Tori will have some good insights on this one. So Tori and I are actually very opposite in the way that I am analytical. I'm a stress ball. I have anxiety. No, not a lot. I actually like I'm pretty chill. Anxiety is pretty new for me, but I am very much like, show me the picture of the braid you want and I will create that for you. And that's it. And Tori, she'll she'll tell you, but she's very opposite. Tori's creative. So to me, my favorite braid to do, my favorite braid to get is the Dutch braid. That's just that three strand braid that's on the head coming down. I'm like, easy peasy. I can make it look so beautiful. I can get it on myself. It's beautiful. And there's no stress or anxiety. Tori, go ahead and tell her what you like. (laughs)
3: to do, to actually braid on someone else. I like when someone says, do whatever you want. I like to get creative. I like when you don't give me much instruction. If there's some things you want me to follow, like, you know, volume or hair down by my face, I'm happy to, you know, follow that or half up or all up. But I like to kind of have fun with it and get creative with it. What I like to have on myself, I'm normally a half up, half down kind of person. From there, I might make Choices, I might say do whatever you want. I have liked that lately of saying do whatever you want and just saying half up because I know I'll be happy with it and get something kind of cool and different. So I do like to go kind of the creative end. We have braiders that really like both. Some braiders like the surprise and creativity, and others like to do our menu styles, stick to what they know, see a photo. It is cool for both ends of the spectrum there.
1: Now I have a daughter and I myself am one of three girls and I know that a bad hairdo or a bad haircut can literally like destroy a little girl. Do you guys have any of those types of stories? Like, do you remember like bad wax jobs or bad hairdos as a kid? Did any of those stay with you?
0: I know that a lot of our braiders have interesting stories. So the first girl I ever hired was one of them. And we've, I've heard a few more since then. There's this really common theme where their mom like braided their hair and it really, really hurt. Like their mom really pulled. Mm. And so the braider was like, fine, I'll figure it out and I'll do it. That's a lot of braider stories. Like I started braiding my own hair because my mom pulled it too hard. So I did it myself. But then beyond that, I would say like, when it comes to clients, we've definitely done bad braids, right? Like we'll hire a new braider and and they go and create the braid. What's really cool is we've never gotten a complaint, like really at the braider's personality. Usually it's like, oh my God, the braider was so sweet. so kind. I really don't want anything negative to happen because of this, but I didn't love my braid. It's usually their brand new braider. You know, they're still figuring out these crazy wild styles and like, there's no shame in that. It's always going to be a part of our business where we say, we're so sorry, here's a refund. Here's your credits back for a future appointment like we want to make this right for you and then beyond that sometimes you know our clients call us because they had bad work from someone else or what we get a lot is the braider had an appointment at a salon and it happens a lot for weddings I'm really shocked that it happens for weddings but the person like no shows or cancels day of on the person and what's really cool is we have such big teams in our cities and we're all mobile so we're all like ready to go we save the day all the time especially weddings we get phone calls last second and we'll show up within the hour and come braid you for your wedding so that's really cool
3: I have two things for that one is I've definitely experienced the kid that got a haircut because they got gum in their hair and they're really sad so the parents trying to like book this to make them feel better I've definitely seen this as like a repair mechanism like that look at this you can get cool long hair now with a feed-in braid so I've seen like that end of it before going back to what we had said earlier of why we won't hire one person after completing boot camp, this is exactly it. Because we have a team, we can go and make it right. We can go and give them exactly what they need at the end of the day because of the large teams. I
0: also just got a memory just popped back in my head of prom and I remember how devastating it was. So the guy I was dating his sister was like, oh, here's where I got my hair done, look how beautiful it was. And like, you know, when you're young, you just like don't understand the world yet, right? So I call that salon and make an appointment. I don't know who with, right? And so I show up and for prom and they start curling my hair and they put these like curlers in. They like tease my hair and started putting curlers in. And when they go to start taking them out, it's ripping my hair out. My hair is a big, giant mess and they can't get the curlers out. And by the time they get them out, my hair's not even curled. I'm crying because I was in so much pain. And so now I look back and I'm like, how are they not even good enough to curl my hair? That's like one-on-one. And then I went to a Supercuts and there was a girl there specializing in prom hair. And luckily my friend was like, just go there right now. And so they had just finished everyone else's prom hair because I was not late. And they fixed my hair and like, I actually remember they braided my hair and it was really pretty. I got to find pictures. And I remember like paying attention to how they did bobby pins and the one girl was like teaching the other girl how to like cross them. So they lock each other in and stuff. It was, I found it very interesting.
3: Oh my gosh, that's
1: wild. Also like, do you do extensions? Do you do wigs like?
3: Yeah, so extensions, if you have sewn in extensions, we can totally braid with them. We have different methods of like hiding the wefts, things like that. If you have clip-in extensions, we will apply those at an appointment. We like to apply them. It's a little bit of an add-on, but the reason we do it is because we can put them in the right spot for that style that you're looking for to prevent them from showing. So that is something that we'll do we also say like our feed-in braids, they add volume, length, color. They don't have to add color. We can match your natural hair. So it's kind of another way of getting that like length or volume that you would be looking for with extensions with a braid. Wigs, we have braided people's wigs before. Either like if someone has a wig on over their natural hair, we, we will braid it. And we've braided, you know, wigs off scalp, like someone's wig that they're going to put on. We've done that before. Emily actually had a, a wig sent to her from a client that really, really wanted like Emily to do this specific style. I think Emily has a photo even like wearing the wig.
0: I did. Yeah, I put on for a couple photos. I had that happen twice. And I didn't really like doing it that much. The first one fell apart. When she got it, it was like coming loose. The second one did come out really, really, really beautiful. Um, It's not a service that we provide, but it is something that can be like kind of fun to do.
1: Is there anything that I didn't ask that you guys want to talk about? Like what are your oh, thoughts yeah. on on legacy? So
0: generations, every age group loves braid babes. Like they all can from enjoy from one to sixty
1: five. You guys mentioned, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. amazing. That's crazy. And we
0: have it goes even further than that. We have like a ninety year old that loves shimmers, and she had, like she had like two inches of hair. And in the early days, we would still you had our right tour. We would still yeah. show up, and we would figure out how to tie a couple shimmers in for her. What I think really cool is. Braiding has been in style forever. I mean, you can go back in time and like the Egyptians and then in Africa, of course, it's such a huge part of Africa culture it's a part of a lot of cultures if you start looking back Egyptians go really really far back with braids and what I think is cool is just even in our lifetime you know like a lot of moms braided their hair when they were little girls and and then you go to the volleyball team and you braid all of your friends and then you want your hair braided for prom and then your hair braided for your wedding and then all of a sudden you have a daughter and now you're getting her hair braided and so that's like really a magical part of braid babes and what's cool about braids is kind of how I said like There's not new braids invented, but the trends you see within braiding do change, and the styles that are in do change and I think that's what's really cool is like braiding continues to evolve with the styles as the styles of what people are interested in changes and so the braids we were getting when we were little girls are pretty different from the braids that are in style right now that's pretty cool.
3: I think the other thing that's cool about the generational impact is like it's something that anyone can do right you don't need to have a certain ability to do it like you can even be unable to walk and learn to braid we've had so many of our braiders be injured and go through boot camp during an injury because it was one thing that they could do and so what i think is really cool about it is young kids that maybe don't have a lot of like learned hobbies yet it's a really cool thing to learn and do it's also really cool for you know a mom for a grandma it's a really cool thing to do as a group and like learn together so i think beyond just the fact that they can enjoy the service through the generations i also think it's something that all the generations can get into learning so it's a really cool hobby to kind of learn together
1: Okay. So last fun question for you guys. Like if you could do anyone's hair, like what celebrity would you want to style? Or maybe even just who would you like to collaborate with? Like, are there people that you guys follow online that
3: Oh, I really like the girls from INH Hair. I don't know if you've heard or seen of them. They do the fake ponytails. They, you can put it on like, if you don't have a lot of hair, or whatever you want, a long, thick ponytail, they have those like extensions. They've added a lot more to their offering since then. They now have like a product line a little bit. They have like some waivers, things like that. So they have different things. I think they would be really cool to work with.
0: Yeah, then for me, I think so I kind of like had my dreams come true twice now. So I became really, really obsessed with Uncommon James, which is a show with Kristen Cavallari. And she was like reality star and whatnot. And she started this business of the show's very Cavallari she started her business on Common James and so she was like also like I loved watching her business and this reality show and so then we launched Nashville and like probably because I was watching her show that took place in Nashville during the COVID shutdown and as soon as the COVID shutdown was over we launched Nashville so we did two or three braid bars at her store actually and so I was like I was like I bet Kristen Cavallari like knows we exist and so that was kind of a win for me like I didn't meet Kristen but we braided at her business a couple times. And that was really cool. And then my other, like, kind of big celebrity in my eyes is Allie Webb. She's the founder of Dry Bar. And I got to meet her in Austin a year and a half ago. And that was really, really cool. And she really liked what we were doing. And she wanted to like, work together. And so Tori and I went to LA and we did a braid party at her house for all of her friends and their kids. And then we, you know, we stayed for this workshop she was doing. She has another one coming up. We, you know, hung out with her friends and husband. And that was really cool.
1: That is amazing. Okay. So besides taking over nationwide, what else can we promote away right now?
0: promote. Well, Tori gave our a little plug towards our crowdfunding. I think that's our biggest focus right now because we're in the middle of launching Scottsdale and Scottsdale and Phoenix. And we're so excited and we still need more money to continue giving it a good, solid launch that it deserves. And then also we're launching Austin, Texas in January. And so we're raising for both of those right now. So we've raised, I think it's 125,000 of our $700,000 goal. And so that crowdfunding, you can invest as little as a hundred dollars and then you, own a little piece of braid babes and so that's open and live right now if you search braid babes on WeFunder, that's our biggest right now because whatever city people are listening to from right now guessing it's a city braid babes isn't in yet and we want to change that and the biggest way to change it is the funding and investing so that we can have the funds to open up cities
1: cool yeah so send me the link and i will put the crowdfunding link in the show notes great and yeah just best way for people to connect with you both
0: so braid babes official braid babes underscore official is our instagram braid babes is our tiktok we love tiktok and then my personal on instagram is emily bowman i'll send you the link to it emily has two m's and then tor
1: has her personal too which is B Dream. b B. dream forever well i can't wait to hear what he has to say and thank you guys so much for coming on (laughs) the better call daddy show
0: thank you thanks for having us rena Now let's switch it over to Grandpa.
2: Okay, I don't know what you want me to say about it's baby braids, huh?
1: No, no, no. It's braid babes.
2: It's braid babes. I got it in reverse. That's what that happened with light. My dad liked the word light metal, and I says I think it would sound a lot better if it was metal light. And that's really part of the question that's been proposed is that if I could have any CEO job or what is really, she's asking me, is what I would be most passionate of and what kind of company would I like to run? And isn't it interesting that my dad had a passion for light, the lighting business and the lights and, and studying with Albert Einstein, he wanted to have his own business someday after working for Light and Century Lighting and doing stage lighting for some of the famous movie stars and singers. The truth of the matter is, is that he had a tremendous passion for this. And he got me interested where I had a tremendous passion to help my father's dreams come true. So it became my passion as well. And uh, what's ironic is that when I told my dad in 2013 that, you know, we were really just bleeding too much red and uh, we really had to just shut it down at this point. He says, Wayne, you'll find a way. Eventually this Work's going to come back from China. You're underwater now, but we can survive. We can make it. But He loved the business so much. Even with us losing a ton of money, he wanted to keep it going no matter what, because it was his love and passion. It was what his life stood for. He loved serving our country, but he loved having his own business. And obviously he wanted to be successful, but it was being involved with all the different variables. We had a very exciting life running your own business. And as you have found a passion in doing women's braids, you've been able to take your niche and your passion and be able to turn it into a business. That's amazing. You deserve a tremendous amount of congratulations. (laughs) Yoo-hoo! It's just wonderful. But just like any other business, it takes a lot of learning. It takes a lot of skills. When I went to school, I studied engineering and then business and then law. Going to engineering school and then business school and, and law school. Guess what? Those are all ingredients that you need into running a business, having those areas of study. You know, I took as, as extra courses, taking economics and taking psychology, because if you're going to run a business, you really have to be well versed in all of these things. You have to know accounting. You have to know law. You have to know the engineering, at least in our business. You have to really know everything about your business. And then with all of that schooling, guess what? You have to be hands-on. You have to, anything that you want your people to do in your business, you better know how to do it yourself. You better know how to, if you want to direct people, you better be able to work with them side-by-side and really be able to be hands-on and really understand everything about your business, every single variable. And that's what you've learned in your business. And you've been able to expand it to other cities and be able to get other people just as passionate as you to run this business. I don't know how long it'll last, but it's just incredible that you've been able to take your passion and really turn it into something. Again, kudos to you.
1: What did you think about that monkey
2: business? Isn't that something? But the fact is, is that when you're going into people's houses and when you're going into people's basements, (laughs) anything is possible. So you really have to take safety in mind. At our shop, we had some terrible accidents where certain people would come, came to work where they were intoxicated and where they cut fingers off or or hands off or, or really hurt themselves. So the truth of the matter is, is that you have to have insurance. You have to be able to have a way of also knowing that when you're sending people into various sites, that you have to really, really understand that anything is possible. You know, and you know, you can be working on a truck, and the truck breaks down, or uh, somebody has an accident on a forklift. The weirdest type of accidents can occur, and that's why they call them accidents. But people have all kinds of strange things in their houses, and uh, you also have to make sure that there isn't some somebody that is a, a a vampire in disguise. You know, that's looking to to hurt. You know, one of your girls. I can't get over how once they have you doing. One of the kids' hairs, uh, that, that they go to the, the movies or they go to the store and you watch the kid too, where all of a sudden you become a babysitter too. And they have different pets and animals. And there's a lot to running a business that can't necessarily be anticipated every single variable. But the, the only way that you can resolve some of these things is by you know living and learning and being open-minded to being able to equate how to proceed in a business. And the only other thing that, again, that I would advise is that you have to be able to see if you can grow your niche and see if there's other things that can relate to it where you can offer further services that also helps your business grow. If a business is not growing and it gets stale or stagnant, it will start to decline. I agree.
1: Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts,